This is KMTT and the weekly Pashat HaShavuashir. This year, Tavshin Ayn, it will be given by Harav Chanoch Waxman. This week, Pashat Chayes Sarah, I would like to talk about the story of the conversation of Eved Avraham and the family of Rivka, the conversation of Eved Avraham with Lavan, Betuel, and the mother of Rivka. Per Kafdalid, Pasuk Lamed Gimel, Sefer Bereshit, describes what happens after the Eved is brought into the house of Rivka, of the house of Betuel and Lavan. And the Torah says as follows, V'yisam lefanav le'echol, and they placed in front of him to eat, V'yomer, lo uchal arin dibarti dvarai, I will not eat, oh, I will not eat until I've spoken my words. They said to him, speak. Uh, and the Eved said, I am an Eved of Avraham, the servant of Avraham. He declares his identity. And from there, he goes on with his story. And God blessed my master very greatly. He became great. And from there, the Eved begins to recount his story. He defines his identity. He's the Eved of Avraham. Avraham has been blessed by God. Avraham had a son born to him in his old age. Avraham made the Eved swear not to take a wife for his son from Eretz Canaan, but to go back to the ancestral land of Padan Aram and take a wife from there. The Eved asked Avraham, what if she doesn't want to come? And Avraham told him he'd be uh, free of his oath. And so on and so on. And the Eved also recounts what happened when he eventually came uh, to this land, to Padan Aram. Um, how he came to the well, and he prayed to God, and he defined the test. And the test was passed by a young girl, who turned out to be Rivka, and etc., etc., etc. And the story of Eved Avraham goes on all the way until Pasuk Mem Tet, where the Eved says, Va'ata im yeshchem osim chesed ve'emet et Adoni, and if you wish to do chesed ve'emet, kindness and truth with my master, hagiduli, tell me, let her come with us. V'imlo, and if not, if you will not let Rivka come, hagiduli, tell me, v'efne ayamin o al-smol, I will turn to the left or the right. And with these words, the Eved Abraham concludes his story, concludes his proposal, and awaits his answer. Now, the obvious question here, as noted, as I read from Pasuk Lamed Gimel, all the way through Pasuk Memtet, these 16 psukim are chock full of details. Details regarding the story of Avraham, regarding the story of the birth of Yitzchak, regarding um, the oath that the Eved Avraham took, regarding what happened at the well or spring, etc., um, etc. Et and the obvious question is, um, did the Torah really need to recount us all of these details? Did we need to really hear the whole story again? Did we really need to know everything that the Eved Avraham said to the family of Rivka? Couldn't the Torah just have sufficed with perhaps some sort of shorter version? As Vayomer Eved Avraham le Mishpachta, and the Eved Avraham said to her family, et kol ma'ela, or something along those lines. Um, and the question is, why does the Torah include the entire recounting of the Eved Avraham? What is the point of all of these details? Now, like many obvious questions uh, that one can ask about 
various parts of the Chumash, there is often a, an obvious, or perhaps, perhaps not obvious, but famous answer. And the famous answer to this question of the recounting of the entire story here in the account of Eber Abraham is found in Rashi, uh, a famous Midrash. Rashi, on Perak Kavdalid, Pasuk Mem Bet, says as follows, or cites as follows. Am Rabbi Acha. Rabbi Acha said, Yafeh sichatan shel avde avot, lefnei hamakom, mitaratan shel banim. The conversation of the servants of the forefathers is yafeh, is endeared, or more beautiful, in front of, or in front of God, mitaratan shel banim, from the actual Torah that is relevant for the banim. Shrei parsha shel yezer kfula batorah. The parsha of Eliezer, i.e. Eved Abraham, is doubled in the Torah, as we pointed out. And many of the fundamentals of the Torah were only hinted at. The point of this Midrash is, It is more pleasing or more beautiful, um, the conversation of the servants of the forefathers, and therefore it is doubled here. Therefore the story is told again, in all its magnificent and wonderful detail. And this is the, the standard answer. Now, this answer on some level... Uh, might suffice for us, or it might leave us rather bewildered. What exactly is yafeh here? What is beautiful here? And what I would like to do in the shiur today is to try to develop an alternative explanation, uh, or perhaps a variation uh, on this idea, to try to go through the psukim carefully, and to try to figure out what exactly is yafeh, what is beautiful and wonderful in this sikha of Avde Avot, in the sikha, in the conversation, the recounting of the Ebed Abraham, that the Torah felt the need to recount for us all the details. So with that in mind, I would like to turn to the text and to try to uh, develop something here. Um, let us pick it up uh, in Perkaf Dalid, Pasuk Lamed Zayin, um, where uh, the Ebed Abraham begins to get into the details of his conversation um, with Abraham. And Kaf Dalid Lamed Zayin says as follows, Adoni Adunilemor, and my master made me swear as follows, um, Do not take a uh, wife for my son from the daughters of Canaan that I dwell uh, in their land. So the language is, uh, And if we go back uh, for the moment, back to Perak Kafdalad, Pasuk Gimel, um, and where the Torah gives us the account of previously in the parak where Avram had spoken to the Eved, uh, what the Torah there says as follows, Vayoma Avram, etc., in Pasuk Bed, and then in Pasuk Gimel, Va'ashbiacha, we have the oath, Ba'ashem Elokei Hashemayim Velokei Aretz, Asher Lotikach Yishal Lebni, exact same language, in Lotakani, Asher Neoshei Bekirbo, almost the exact same phrase. So we have the requirement of swearing, we have the non-taking of the wife from the Benot Kanani, and the mention of Sharnok and so far so good, the Evid recounts things perfectly. Let's go on a little bit further in the story of the Evid, found in the latter part of Perak Kafdalid, reverting to there, to Perak Kafdalid Pasuk Lamed Chet, which says as follows. Imlo el Beit Avi Telech, go to the house of my father, ve'el mishpachti, um, and to my family, and you'll take a wife for my son. Um, so, encounter uh, or in opposition to the possibility of taking a wife for Yitzchak from the Benot Canaan, rather the Eved Abraham is supposed to go to Beit Avi, uh, the house of Avram's father, and to 
Avram's family, and then as we well know, the, the story goes on, and then the Eved says, and I said to my master, maybe she won't want to come, and Avraham said uh, to the Eved, Hashem God who I walked in front of him, He will send his angel, his guardian with you, He will cause your way to be successful. So, what the Eved Avraham tells the family of Avraham is when I raised the possibility that she would not want to come, Avram reassured me and told me there would be divine assistance. God will send his messenger, his angel, and cause your way, cause the Evid's way to be successful. And you will take, this is Avram speaking, you will take a wife for my son. Um, and then Avram continued on, you will be clean of your oath if you come to my family, etc. So what we should note here, of course, is the story as we recognize it. Avraham commands the Evid to go back, the Evid raises the possibility of it not working out, and Avraham says, oh, then you'll be clean of your oath, you will not be held liable. But what's interesting here is some, I think, markers from the text that uh, jump out at us, what exactly it is that Avraham and the Evid are talking about. It is very clear that they're talking about going to Beit Aviv and Mishpachti of Avraham. Um, what Avraham says in Pasuk Lamed according to the account of the Evet, is in lo el beit avi telech ve'el mishpachti. And again, um, in Pasuk Mem, when Avraham promises the divine assistance, he says, v'lakachta ishi l'bni mishpachti u'mibet avi, mishpacha and beit avi, both for a second time. And um, in referencing the fact that the Evet, if the woman will not be willing to come, will be uh, patur or clean or not liable for the oath he's taken, not bound by his oath, Avram uses the phrase, according to the Evet, ki tavo el mishpachti, mishpachti, for the third time. Now, I think it's very interesting, after noting this doubling of Beit Avi and this triple use of mishpachti as the goal and the destination of where the Evet is headed, um, in the recounting of the story by the Evet, to go back to um, the psukim at the beginning of Parak Kaftalad, where the Torah recounts for us uh, the exact words of Avraham to the Evet i.e. the original story, what the Evid is now here recounting. And I would like to go back again to Perak Kavdalit Pasakimel and pick it up there. And there the Torah says as follows. And I will cause you to swear by God, the God of the heavens and the earth, do not take a wife from my son from the daughters of Canaan, that I dwell amidst them. But rather, Pasuk Dalit, Ki el artsi ve'el moladeti telech. Avram specifies going to his aretz and to his moledet. Telech, you should go. Ve'lakachta ishi libni liyitzchak. And you should take a wife from my son, uh, Yitzchak, from there. And then in Pasuke, the uh, Eved says, of course, the usual standard objection. Ve'yomre lava Eved, ulay lota ve'ishal alechet. Maybe she won't want to come. So he is supposed to be telech to... Uh, the Eretz and Moledet of Avraham, and what is proposed is that she will be lalechet acharav, she will come with him, and the Eved raises the possibility, ulai lo to'ove ha'isha lalechet acharai. Maybe she won't want to come on this journey 
with me to this land. So if she won't come, maybe I should return Yitzchak back to there or send Yitzchak back to there. And Avraham says in Pasuk Va, Be very careful lest you return my son there. Hashem it's forbidden. Hashem Here is Avram's only mention of Beit Avi. He says, God, who took me out of Beit Avi, who ripped me out of Beit Avi, so to speak, and from my land and birthplace, and that spoke to you, God swore to me, telling me to my descendants, I will uh, give this land. Um, so here, in the segment of the divine guarantee or the promise of divine assistance, let us again pay careful attention to the language. What Abraham says is, Hashem Beitavi, and he who spoke to me and who swore to me, Now, before going back to the latter part of Parak Kaftalat, it's important to notice something very important about the language here at the beginning of Parak Kaftalat in the story or in the account of Avraham's actual speech to the Eved. If we noted, what Avraham is talking about is his Eretz and his Moledet. And he's not just talking about his Eretz and his Moledet, he's talking about a journey back to his Eretz and Moledet, and the purpose of that journey is that there's some, going to be some Isha who is going to be Lelechet, that is going to come from Avraham's original Eretz and Moledet, to this land, i.e. the land of Canaan. And the purpose of that entire journey um, is, of course, hinted at later on in Pasuk Zion here, when Avram talks of the promised divine assistance. God who took me out of my father's household. Now, for anyone who is a sensitive reader of the Chumash, we really cannot miss uh, the references here. Let us, of course, go back to Perak Yud Bet, Pasuk Aleph. What happened to Avraham when he was back in his father's household, in his Eretz and his Moledet? And what Perak Yud Bet, Pasuk Aleph says is as follows. Vayomer Hashem el Avraham, God said to Avraham, Lech Lecha, the word is Lech, for the, for the journey, Me'artzicha, from your land, Mimoledet, from your Moledet, Umibet Avicha, so let's count, Lech is one, and Artzicha is two, and Moledet is three, and Mibet Avicha is four, El Aretz Asherakah, to another land. So we have here four linguistic parallels between the story of Lech Lecha, and, of course, Avram's command to the Eved. One is the idea of lechet lech, the journey. The second is the reference to leaving the Eretz. And the third is the leaving the Moledet. And the fourth is the leaving Beit Avi. And then, of course, there are the thematic parallels that go with that. There's the idea of the journey from the old place to the new place to start a new land, start a new nation. And there's the sixth, also a thematic parallel, uh, the idea that this is commanded, this is taken, that God commands, God does, God takes... Uh, God brings Avraham and this future woman to this place. And, of course, there's finally the seventh, which I kind of, to some extent, have already mentioned, but let's list it separately. Anyway, later on in Parak Yedbet, Pasuk Vav, in the story of Lechacha, we have the following Pasuk. Avram passed in the land to the place of Shem, Ad Elon Noreh. 
Vachnani has Ba'aretz, and then in Pasuk Zayin, Ve'ira Hashem el Avraham, God appeared to Avraham, Ve'ira Lezar Acha Eten et Ha'aretz Hazot. This is what Avraham refers to. When in Parak Haftalad, Pasuk Zayin, he says to the Evid, don't send my son back there no matter what. And he promises divine assistance. He says, Hashem Elokei Hashem Avi, God took me out of my house of my father, Me'eretz Melati, Yud Bet Aleph, so to speak, Vasher Diberli, Vasher Nishbali Leymar, Lezarachah, Atena Ta'aretz Azot, that's Yud Bet Zayin. So Avram is referencing the story of Lecha in a very clear and obvious way. Avram is creating this parallel in his speech to the Evid. Now, what is all of this all about, and how does this connect up to what we're interested in, um, which is, of course, the recounting by the Ebed Avraham, the story that he tells to the Mishpacha of Avraham. Well, I think one thing you could say is that here, towards the end of his life, as Avraham stands at the point of transition between generations, um, and things are about to pass on to Yitzchak, and at the end of his days, on some level, Avram waxes nostalgic about the early part of his days. Here, as things pass on to the next level, the next days, the next generation, Avram harks back to the past, to Lechelcha, how it all began. Um, the command by God, leave Eretz, leave Moledet, leave Beit Davi, the promise is L'zarachan Tenet Rezazot. There's a kind of closing the circle from the perspective of Avram, which might be occurring on the psychological level. Um, however, uh, one alternatively could argue that there's something far deeper going on here, not just a kind of nostalgia or psychological closing of the circle. Rather, Avraham realizes that the next generation must also involve Lech Lecha. The same as he was taken by God from his Eretz Moledet and Beit Avi and brought to a new land uh, to establish a new nation and receive the promise, so too in the next generation, in the generation of Yitzchak and his wife, so too there is a need for the same journey, for a recreation of that journey. And in sending his Evid back to Padan Aram to find the wife for Yitzchak, it's not necessarily because of the inherent evil of the Benot Canaan and the problem of marrying one of the Benot Canaan. It's rather because there's a search for someone or there's a need to recreate that journey. Someone who is going to go on the same journey of Lech Lecha, of leave their Eretz, leave their Moledet, leave their Beit Av, come to a new land, a new place, to engage in this radical act for the divine promise of There's a need to recreate that divinely guided journey, and apparently that's the mission that Avraham charges his Eved with. Okay, now, let us come back to the latter part of Perak Kaftalid, look again at the text, and consider how it is that the Eved um, portrays A, the nature of the mission, the nature of the search, and B, the divine aspect of taking out, as Avram had said, um, Well, let us return to the Pesukim and read them again, worthwhile, even though we've already read them once. Okay? So let us take a look at what Avram says in Parakaf Dalad, Pasuk according to the account of the Evet, or to be, uh, to be more accurate, let us take a look at what the Eved says to the family. And Avram, my master, made me swear as following. I'm in Kaftal Lamed Zayin. Lo tikach isha lebni b'vnot takani asha nochi shei ba'artso. So far, so good. Pasuk Lamed Chet. 
אם לא אל בית אבי תלך ואל משפחתי ולקחתה אישה לבני. Rather, go back to the, my father's household and to my mishpacha. And then the Ebed says, and I said to him, what if she doesn't want to come? And Avraham said, well, don't worry, there's guaranteed divine assistance. Hashem asher hetalachti lefanav. God, who I walked in his ways. I was a tzaddik, I was righteous. Avram, so to speak, says to the Ebed. Or the Ebed says, Avram said, I was righteous. And God will assist me. God will guarantee things. He will send his angel, his emissary with you. You will be successful. And you will take a wife from my family and my household. And again, when will you be clean of your oath? I think if we consider carefully the story that the Eved tells the family of Abraham, that tells Lavan and Betuel and the family of Rivkah, it is not a story about Avraham, the wanderer, the radical, who was dragged and plucked out of his house by God, who was told to leave his Eretz and to leave his Moledet and to never come back and to pursue a dream and to build a new nation and a new land. That's not the story that the Evet tells. Rather, he tells the story of a clansman who lives in a faraway place, they all remember him, who is now interested in a marriage for his only son, um, with his Beit of Beit Av, with his father's household, and is with his Mishpacha. And hence, over and over in the text, the phrases Beit Av and Mishpacha are repeated and emphasized by the Eved. This is a proposal of a clan marriage. And it's not just a proposal for, uh, for a clan marriage. There's actually something more to it than that. If we go back uh, a little bit earlier on in the story of uh, the Eved, um, the Eved um, says as follows: Vatelet Sara Eshet Adoni Ben Adoni Achrei Ziknata Vayiten Lo Et Kol Ashalo. Sarah, the wife of my master, gave birth to a son uh, in his uh, to my master in his old age. Vayiten Lo Et Kol Ashalo, and he gave him everything uh, that he had. Um, and what is this everything that he had? Well, that's in the previous pasuk. Pasuk Lamed. Now, if you think about it for a moment, this idea of Avram giving everything to Yitzchak, all of the riches and all of the wealth that he'd amassed, that he'd been blessed by God with, um, well, of course that's true, but on some level, it hasn't yet happened. We are here located in Perak Kafdalid, but in point of fact, the Torah only reports to us uh, the gifting um, of uh, Yitzchak by Avraham uh, a little bit later. We've, we have that in Perak Kafhei, um, Pasuk Hei, after uh, we are told the story of the Bnei HaPilag Shot, the other children that Avraham eventually fathered. We're told in Perak Kafhei, Pasuk Hei, Vayitin, Avraham et kol asher lo Yitzchak. Uh, Avraham gave everything that he had to Yitzchak, the exact same phrase. Now, this hasn't happened yet. Well, we can answer that when the Eved says, Ve'itin et kol shalo in Perak Pasuk Lamed Vav, Ein Torah, there's no chronological order in the Torah, and maybe the gifting has already happened. Or you could say that Ve'itin is not necessarily past tense, it's present tense, um, where the tenses mix, and it's going to happen, or it is happening, or as the case may be. But either way, what we should realize is that the Eved goes out of his way to specify that this is not just a clan marriage, and that Avram desires a marriage with his family, 
but also this is a marriage with the only son who has received everything of the wealth. So this is a very desirable marriage, and that's the way the Ebed portrays the picture. Now, it's not just desirable because it's the desire of Avram to reunite with his family, and it's not just desirable because the prospective groom is rich, but also, as emphasized over and over in the story of the Ebed, this is the divine will. This is the will of God. This has been something that has been guaranteed by God, um, that there was a malach that accompanied him, the Hitzliach Darko, and caused his way to be successful. So we might say as follows. When we talk about the speech of the Eved, on a certain plane, there's a certain version of events that the Eved portrays. He tells the story of a prospective marriage with a rich clansman who is interested in a marriage with his family, and he tells the story of something that is, has a divine stamp of approval, and what he kind of leaves out, or maybe suppresses or represses on some plane, are the echoes of Lech Lecha, of the story of Abraham who abandoned and left his family, who was taken by God from his Eretz and to start something completely different. He leaves out the story of the radical break, and he also leaves out the story of the search for someone who can do that yet again, of the need to create that situation. And it's really rather obvious why he does leave it out, because, of course, that's not what the family wants to hear, but we'll come back to this in a moment. Now, I think on some level, we've already discovered the yofi, or the yafe, uh, in uh, the story of the Eved, or in the account of the Eved. And uh, we may perform a bit of drash on the idea of the yafe here, I think there's something very interesting, or two very interesting things that emerge from the beginning of uh, Parakhaftalat as compared to the latter part of Parakhaftalat, or the latter part of Parakhaftalat as uh, compared to the earlier part of Parakhaftalat. The point is, is that when the Eved tells his story, he tells it in a slightly different way. He tells it in a way that it can be perceived. He tells it in a way that it can be understood. He tells it in a way that it can be accepted. And I think part of the idea here in the Eved's recounting, or part of the lesson, uh, or the meaning of the Eved's recounting of the story of his conversation with Abraham, and as well later on his recounting of the story of the test at the well. And a lot of the themes I've focused on here, the idea of Abraham-like character, or Abraham-like midot, as opposed to the story uh, or the version of the story that the Eved tells the family are also present in the latter part of the Eved's recounting of the recount of his story, uh, the recounting of what happened at the well. Um, the whole test of chesed, um, the character rifka, the willingness to ward the gemalim, the divine assistance, and all of that, on some level, it conforms to the model um, I've mapped out here um, that it's about on some level being like Abraham and in a certain way when the Eved tells it to the family he tells it a little bit differently but we don't really have time to go into all the details so I'm going to leave that out for the moment. But part of the central idea here here is is that something can happen the same events can occur the events are the events but it can be perceived by two audiences in very very different ways. Um, it can be perceived by Avraham, the Eved Avraham, those who have a certain perspective, the reader of the Chumash, as about the character of Lech Lecha, the attributes of Chesed, 
um, of the search for someone who's like the personality of Abraham, or by others, it can be perceived in a very different way, as a uh, as a desirable clan marriage to a rich individual, um, and where more so that marriage is guaranteed by a divine stamp of approval. And there's a general idea here that the same events can be perceived in different ways um, from either a spiritual, ethical perspective or a material perspective, to some extent depending upon what glasses you wear. And that's a deep and important idea which can be developed here. But, in fact, that's not the point I want to make. What I want to make is that the recounting of the events by the Ebed is an example of his political skill. As opposed to the story of the radical and the search for the character of the radical, there is the story of the rich clan, clansman marriage, which is, carries a, div- a divine stamp of approval. Now, let us go on in the text, because we get to a very, very important point. Because if this is the agenda of the Eved, the, the Yofi or the Yafet, in his Dvarim, in his words, let us ask ourselves the question as to whether all this spin, or whether all this creation of perspective, whether all this versioning, to coin a verb for the moment, that the Eved Abraham develops, whether it works, does it achieve its goal, does it not achieve the goal, does it succeed in prying Rivka away from her family. So let us pick it up now in the text in Perak Kaftalad, Pasuk Mem Tet, and make a few final points, uh, really the central point that I want to get to. Perak Kaftalad, Pasuk Mem Tet says as follows, osim chesed et adoni hagiduli. Um, if you're going to do kindness and truth with my master, tell me, the imlo, and if not, hagiduli, tell me as well. I'll go somewhere else. Vayan Lavan Ubtuel, and Lavan Ubtuel answered, Vayamru, Mehashem Yatsa Hadavar. This matter has come out from God. Lo Nuchal Daber Elecha Ra'otov. We can't speak to you anything about it, either Ra or Tov. Either evil, bad, or good. We, Lavan Ubtuel, admit that this has been established by divine fiat. The story, or the way that, the Eved tells the story, seems to have done its work. Lavan and Betuel now believe or state this is the will of God, and we can say nothing about it. Um, we have no input. But it's very interesting to take a look at the latter part of their sentence. Lo nuchal We cannot say anything bad or good. Well, that's rather parv, isn't it? Or maybe it's even less than parv. They place ra before tov. Maybe we would like to be against it. We don't want her to leave, but... There's nothing we can say. It's the divine will. And after all, it's been painted in such an attractive fashion. So it seems that the political skill of Eved Abraham triumphs and Rivka is ready to leave. Now, a few psukim later, we get to the events of the next day. A very key psukim. Um, they went to sleep. They got up the next morning and the Eved says, Shachuni laduni. Perak kaftalad. Pasak nun hey. says as follows. Vayomer achia ve'ima. Um, and her brother and her mother said, Let her stay with us. Let her stay here for a while. Yamim, o asar, achar, telech. Let her, let her stay here for a while. Suddenly, there's this idea of delay. Even though this is a desirable marriage, and even though this has uh, been guaranteed by divine fiat, God has decreed this, and me'ashem still nevertheless, there's this desire for delay. Now, fascinatingly enough, both Rashi and Rashbam who is uh, often considered a strict Pashtan, tell us that Yamim o Asor does not mean days or ten days, but Yamim actually, in this context, often in the biblical context, means a year. 
a lengthy period of time. So they request a delay of a year, and if Yamim is a year, then Asar might be even longer. And of course, there's a famed and well-known question about this Pasuk, Pasuk, Hey, Vayomer Achia Ve'ima, her brother and her mother said, well, where has the father gone? He's disappeared. So Rashi cites a Midrash, which I think picks up on a very central dynamic of this Pasuk. Rashi cites the following Midrash, Vayomer Achia Ve'ima, Ubetuel Hechan Haya, where was Betuel? Where did he disappear to? The father should speak. He wanted to hold back. And an angel came and killed him. In other words, what Rashi picks up on here is that there's a certain hesitation from the side of the family. After all, um, as we know from later on in the Chumash, the house of Lavan uh, the house of Betuel of Lavan is not exactly neither the most hospitable nor giving household. They're not really that good at letting uh, people leave, as we know from the story of Yaakov and his wives and his children later on. And we already see the seed of that dynamic here, where the mother and the brother, uh, whether Betuel is there or not, try to hold back and to prevent the journey, despite the fact that it's desirable, and despite all the work that Evid Abraham has done, and despite the fact that this is all supposedly guaranteed by God. So, at this moment, the Evid Abraham stands at the cusp of failure. What does he do? He immediately responds in the following fashion. Vayomer alehem, he said to them, Al ta'achru oti, don't delay me. Vashem etzliach darki, shachuni ve'achal adoni. This has been Guaranteed by God. God has made this successful. You cannot go against the divine will. So he brings out his ultimate weapon. But in point of fact, this is not sufficient. And they said, Let us call the young girl and we will ask her. Um, so here at this moment, the Ebed Avram stands at the cusp of failure. Despite all his wiles, despite his political skill, despite the version that he tells, despite the fact that it's an attractive marriage and it's guaranteed by God, he has been outmaneuvered. The family decides to ask the young girl whether she will go or not, whether she will delay or not delay. Maybe she might decide to stay. And obviously, asking a young girl does she wish to stay a bit longer with her family or to go on who knows where, the answer would be obvious. She will wish to stay with her mother and her brother. And let's look what happens in the Pesukim. And they said to her, she says, I will go. They sent Rivka. The climax of the story is the question posed to Rivka, will you go? And what does she respond? I will go. The double usage of the stem, of course, echoes at least in a metaphorical sense. The question is posed, will you leave? Will you go on the journey? Will you make the radical break? Will you abandon all? And Rivka's answer is, Yes. The point is, is that following through the text here, despite the suppression, uh, or maybe even the repression, of the dynamic of the character of Abraham, of searching for someone who can do lechacha yet again, despite all of the Eved's wiles and political skills and storytelling, when it comes down to it, lechacha resurfaces. And it's only the idea of lechacha that eventually triumphs and prize Rivka out of the house and allows the journey to continue and allows the next generation to be built. I think the idea here is is that in this contrast, what we learn is that there's a kind of absolute need uh, for Lech Lecha in the next generation. 
Um, and it isn't going to be sufficient uh, that there's an attractive clan marriage. It isn't going to be sufficient um, that there's a divine guarantee. It isn't going to be sufficient the logic of inevitability. None of that is sufficient. Only the radical act of commitment by Rivka, her willingness to say, to say, I will go, to emulate the character of Avram, only that is sufficient to guarantee the continuity of the nation and to move to the next generation. I think that's a very, very crucial idea. Inevitability, logic, even divine guarantee, the story of Ever Avram, none of that is sufficient. In the end, it's only the character of Avram, the radical act of will, the willingness to commit, the story of Lech Lecha that allows the nation to continue on.